Yeah, man. I think the universe requires some blood. Yeah. Yeah. Sacrifice. It goes way back, man. 20,000 years we've been doing that. Hey, Marcus Tuttle here. Welcome to the latest episode of the Wild World of Real Estate. Get in where you fit in. Hey, this week we continue to see Dave Suggs um, ascension to a major real estate player. We're going to get to see him in his infancy. We're going to be looking back five years from now and seeing where it all started and hearing about his stories. Uh, me, I've got some projects coming up that I'm going to be excited to announce. I'm going to be uh, a bold move, but I'm going to be streamlining the entire real estate process and just making it better. I'm in a constant search to find the easy button for real estate transactions. So uh, enjoy our latest installment of the wide world of real estate. Uh, it's been a pretty, it's been a pretty long day, man. I had two different sets of contractors come by. One owed me some work on something. Uh, I had to deal with them this morning and get them out. And then I had another contractor doing that to trim work around that radius door. I went to Lowe's and Home Depot and the dump and cut a tree down and yeah, I've been running around, been running. You cut a tree down today? There was a tree landing on a house. Yeah, it fell on a storm. Fell on a storm probably about two weeks ago. And I needed to get it off. Yeah. It wasn't but like a thirty foot piece of mimosa. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't like a you know horrible. But loaded that up and took it all to the dump. Um, and your new truck? But oh yeah, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think tomorrow is going to be D Day on State Street. We're we're. Rachel and I are getting over there, hanging the last pictures, cleaning up, touching up some paint and doing some caulking. I got another buddy coming to help us to kind of wrap it. And then photographer photographer Wednesday. Yeah. So ready to get that thing turned the corner. Go time. That feels good. That feels real. Hell yeah. Go out to eat tomorrow night. Yeah. Yeah. I think you told me one time, like a project, a project's not real unless somebody cries, you know, like I've, oh, been, yeah. cry, I've been crying for two weeks, man. I was just yeah. like, oh, make this stop. So, oh, but I had those done. marathon people feel you see them pooping themselves and crying and bleeding, <laughs> dragging their knees across the, the pavement. Yeah. And that's pretty much it. I want to be that marathon winner that hops on the subway and just gets off at mile 23 and like, Whoo, I'm out of breath. Where's wow. the money? Yeah. Yeah, man. I think the universe requires some blood. Yeah. Yeah. Sacrifice. It goes way back, man. 20,000 years we've been doing that. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, good. I'm glad to wrap that up. Uh, we've gotten we, we sat down with an attorney with that uh that partner that was going to bring in the cash to do yeah. our foreclosure hunt so uh-huh. i mean we're we're done we're there you know we're now we're, we're writing checks to get stuff written that's um, great yeah it's going to be good it's going to be good i'm a little concerned there might not be enough he was real excited he's real excited to do it which is awesome but i'm a little concerned there's not going to be quite the inventory so really like this isn't going to be our only thing we got going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's good, but I'm also, I don't want to, uh, you know, just make, try to try to make stuff happen where there's not stuff happening because we don't live in a huge market. So anywho, um, uh, you feel like Sharon had, I think you were thinking about how are you going to figure out who gets what, um, previous conversation, you said, how do we choose what gets, partnered on 
when we're still trying to get our ends. Yeah, so no, we didn't really come up with that. But he is he's he's basically at a spot where he doesn't really want a whole lot more inventory and we don't want a whole lot more inventory either. Um, so unless they're in the neighborhood that's like in our farm, if it was in Fondren for us or if it was in his neighborhood for him, I think we decided like a ten percent premium, but we really we really didn't hash it out. To the other? Um, a ten percent premium to the person that doesn't hold it? Just to the company. So like if we bought it at the steps for sixty grand and then Rachel and I wanted to get it, we just buy it at sixty six grand. Which ten percent, you know, in a thirty day turnaround annualizes one hundred twenty percent. So I mean, it's still it doesn't sound like a lot, but mm-hmm. but if we were able to buy it and close it, and, and the company could make ten percent under thirty days, that'd be great. So. Um, are you doing it? You guys formed a company together. That's what. Yeah, that's what we uh-huh. sat down with the attorney to do. Yeah. Was that an LLC? Yeah, it's going to be a multi member. Yeah, a managed uh-huh. manager managed LLC. Who's a manager? Uh, Rachel and I both. Uh huh. And he was good with all that. He was fine with yeah. it. Um, so that's, you know, that's, it's taken, you know, I've been talking about doing this for a while. It's taken a long time to finally get somebody that wants to do it. Um, and and I'm, I'm excited, but at the same time, it's like the same old stuff still got to happen. Our management looking for other deals, trying to find seller finance stuff. Like this mm-hmm. isn't just the, a golden goose. It's like, oh, sweet. You know, we'll just go chase foreclosures. It's just one more quiver in the, more arrow in the quiver you know it's a yeah. big one though but well it's, it gives you some velocity to your money yeah and keeps me engaged looking at them because normally what happens if i pick one up and i don't have more cash i don't look at them for two months until i dispose of, of it you know so kind you, can of add, in. you can add fund manager to your resume yeah yeah <laughs> He's excited, man. He even said that when, like, the second time we sat down, it's like, man, I'm thinking about apartment complexes and all the things we're going to do, but let's just get this thing settled out right now. And I'm, you know, um, I'm, I'm in the same, I'm in the same boat because, you know, I love, I love the idea of thinking big, but at the same time, like, I'm not trying to give anybody, you know, 15, 20, or, you know, 50% equity and stuff just because you bring money. Um, yeah. So I still got to wrestle with that, figure out how we could partner up with some stuff and give them a fair return, a fair piece of stuff, but not necessarily this. Fair. I think, it, I mean, it's one section of the pie. You're like, we're at the courthouse. We're going to, we're going to acquire it. We're going to divest. Yeah. Yeah. So. So it's a big step. I noticed most of the things that are really, really good for us are kind of like the, you know, you working on simplified home sales. You know, it's not really, uh, it just, it, it, it's not instant gratification. And just like talking to him and getting this moving, it's not instant gratification. But I know a year from now, it's going to be a big deal. Uh, just like you putting in all the time with the app. You know, it might not feel, it's like, yeah, just chipping away, just chipping away. It's not, I got a property under contract or I just had a closing. I mean, it's slow, it's slow stuff, but yeah, I believe this stuff pays off uh, dividends in the long run, so. And it's real embarrassing to say it out loud when you're in the middle of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I get it. Uh, well, and also there's so, f- you know, we're trying these creative things and we're trying to step out on a limb. There's so few people to kind of get info from, um, you know, to lean on and to find out, am I doing this right? Because nobody's doing it, you know. It, it like, bigger pockets? Yeah, right. I'm just going to throw it on Facebook and, hey, guys. Uh, <laughs> so. Well, I guess you're talking about that find something that isn't 
that's an unknown. You're at the courthouse looking for unknown a quantity of something that's unknown. Yeah. yeah. Or un, even not completely unknowable, but kind of unknowable at the time. Right. You don't know what the deal is going to be at the end. Mm-hmm. You got to you got you got to go out there and sniff it and kick it around a little bit before you can get to the steps. Yeah. Right? You made a site survey at that point. Mm-hmm. And then you just see what the deal is, and it just—I guess—it's a gut—it's a gut decision on the steps, right? Oh yeah, I mean, at that point, it's just a straight-up casino game. You know, there's normally other bidders there, and they all know limited information as well, and we're just now we're just throwing money around. You know, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, my favorite is the one that we're looking at. The owner, I hate, you know, has passed away. It's vacant. You're not worried about really taking anybody's house. You can see them on, you know, the, the public record that they're just gone. And you show up and nobody else is coming to bid on them, you know, and it's just basically a, a cheap for nothing house. Um, and that's kind of our, you know, those are those, those three that we've done over the past year and a half, are the ones we've made really good money on. So, so somebody's still alive, you like pangs of remorse. Uh, well, I've, I've had them and I won't bid on them. You know, if, uh, there's a couple of houses I've been by and the people have been in the house and I'm just not there yet. You know, I might do that, but I'm just like, I don't want to go through that. I'm not sure of the right of the eviction uh, or of the, the, it's not quite a, um, I guess it is an eviction, but you could be basically going through a tenant removal process. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've, I've passed on two of those just because I didn't want to go through with it, you know? Mm-hmm. Which I mean, I might I might shake that later on. Um, I mean, I think I, I definitely know that they're going to lose their house at some point. But it wasn't so much because I I have a warm, a big fuzzy heart. It was just I didn't want to step off into that with my limited funds. Take a take a legal battle, put somebody out. I yeah. just didn't want to do it. So sure. But you know, I, are we going to see more of these foreclosures now that the, the moratorium's up? I don't really think so. Um, I think our market would probably, you know, most people have equity. If they can, if they can sell, they will sell. Um, yeah. But so it's good, well, man. Well, let's see what what's on. Uh, do you subscribe to the Wall Street Journal? No, I don't subscribe. No. Yeah. You shared that article with me. I was going to flesh it out. It kind of stopped me behind a paywall. Oh, man. How'd you do that? Uh, I don't know. Maybe they give me free articles. On your phone? Sometimes mm-hmm. my phone shows. Um, yeah, if I've gone through like a hard reset or an update, sometimes I get my three free articles back. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know who I am. Oh yeah. Uh, well, I wanted. I think I wanted to philosophize a little bit. At this, uh, uh, this kind of came across my newsfeed somehow. Um, no, it's from our pal that has the email chain, right? Did you read yeah, this? I did. I did. That yeah, was wild, right? And yeah. it's a history professor from Harvard writing this stuff. Wasn't he tarred and feathered after he did this? Yeah. Yeah. I think Harvard's open-minded i think they try to they try to let the truth out i don't know maybe not so can you see my screen 
Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So uh, did any one of these points, do you remember anything about them? Um, about, about them. Science is the default god of civilization without religion or shared standards of right and wrong. I mean, I don't like it, but I, 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 I think it's, a, I think it's an overstep. I mean, I don't, I don't think people really look at science as a god, but I mean, science is is kind of the thing we build it on. You know, carbon and atoms, and uh, you know, is global warming real? Like, well, the oceans are heating up. You know, whether you want to call that global warming or not, something's going on. Uh, I mean, it's just empirical truth. I, you know, I, I think he made some good points, but when he starts, you know, calling what Cynthia uh, or starts using the Saint, name Scientia, right? <laughs> you know, I, maybe he's got a resentment with science. I don't know. Um, I just think you could still stay in an Ivy League university with this, uh, whatever you call it, uh, anti advice. Yeah. All the science is morally vacuous advice. It's like asking a computer <laughs> program whether she get married. Yeah. <laughs> Whoever crows, uh, controls Scientia, uh, what Scientia says controls the country. Just uh, similar to theocratic times, control doctrine and religious law meant control the state. Yeah. Right? And then this is pretty... Uh, her heretic her, uh, heresy. Uh, most scientists in the university employee are more than willing to be controlled by the state in return for money, power, and influence. No comment. Well, I mean, who's not? I mean, all right. we all have the same, not just scientists, but I mean, the business people, you know, business owners will do whatever. I mean, like, I'm in real estate for one reason, <laughs> you know, I, that's, I, I want, I want money and I want power and I want the freedom to do what I want to do. I don't necessarily want to inflict my will on other people, but I mean, mm-hmm. everybody wants the same thing, man. They want to feel safe. They want to make a living. Uh, and are the scientists really any different, you know? So, power. I mean, yeah. There was a, uh, a an old miss, um, a big stink just this past couple of months where an old Miss professor got let go for speaking out about some of the racistness of, of the, the old Miss campus and the school. And, you know, old Miss just said, Hey, their, their vision wasn't lining up with our vision, but I mean, to read what happened and just to hear his side of the story, it just sounded horrible. But, but the reality is like, are you surprised? You know, this is what they do. It's the good old boy system. It's the good old boy state. Um, I mean, I don't want to support it. I don't want to be a part of it. But at the same time, it's like it's kind of the way it goes. Respect the check. Know who know who signs your check. Kind of. Yeah. Way. I mean, if we all go, I mean, like, you want science is God. Be like man, bullshit. Football is God. I mean, you yeah. really want to get down to it. Like right, that, right. It's, it's football. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. So this past season, Mississippi State won baseball. Right now, it's baseball. You know, we yeah. won the World Series, man. So really, yeah, yeah, it was nice. a big deal, man. Wow, cowbell everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have. So we've got a couple of. I mean, I do worry about the size of the government. And I worry about their ability to inflict changes, to do things without really explaining themselves. And this pandemic was a, you know, a, a bad example of it. You know, we're in a situation right now where we've got, well, we got, we got HUD tenants that we haven't received their HUD payment 
because the HUD office is shut down, you know. Oh, um, you have not? We have not received our government oh, checks. Hell. Correct. Yeah. Um, and there's nobody to talk to. There's no sense, you know, that you don't email anybody. They're, they're not answering the phone. You just kind of wait on your, you know, your empty checking account and wait for the money to show up. You know, it'll be here, I guess. Um, and then we've got other tenants that are working through these, uh, whatever. It's, I think one of them's called Ramp, but it's one of these pro- projects that are trying to catch people up on rent. Um, and they've, they've had our information, had our tenants' information for three months, and we're not hearing anything from them. So it's kind of that Pete Fortunato thing. It's like, you know, there's not a single situation out there that the government can't make worse. Sure. Um, and they just continually do it. And it's, it, it is scary, but at the same time, I mean, I love when I do get my HUD checks, you know, I'm all for it. So yep. I kind of feel like a hypocrite if I really want to complain about it because I participate in HUD housing and I love them for that stability. So I can't, I can't really complain too much about it. All right. Well, let's continue. Well, you just, you talked about it. It said uh, governments will use any excuse to seize emergency power, even when the justification for seizing it has passed. Mm -hmm. Mm. So, the only way to prop power from the hands of the democratic authorities intoxicated with sudden dictatorial power is with political action. And that'll usually fail because citizens in a democracy aren't necessarily deeply attached to their personal freedom. What? And can easily be frightened into giving it up. Most citizens are unable to distinguish living well from staying alive. The latter staying alive, but the former is the reason for the latter living well uh all right yep people are ready to sacrifice the former for the latter i conclude that our society is not doing a good job explaining what living well is why we should want to live well and why living well is preferable to mere life socrates has explained it all but we've forgotten it. <laughs> old so great <laughs> uh, the hardest thing in, in a democracy, here we go, just slipping back. Hardest thing for doc, democracy for a government to do is nothing. Uh, though nothing is often the best thing to do. In dangerous times, the volume levels of the actress rise and the voice of everyone else are put on mute. Democracy is a luxury good. It depends on prosperity. There we go. The minute that prosperity is threatened, democracy collapses into, the, into dictatorship comment uh, well i mean i think winston churchill said democracy is the worst form of government there is it's just better than all the rest um mm-hmm. and democracy i mean it's still just a popularity contest and just because everybody voted for the dictator doesn't mean he's not a dictator um so i don't i mean i, I like the fact that he's trying to string some ideas together you know and put it out there but i kind of already have some pretty um, cynical views of this democracy we've been enjoying already. I don't think it's been working for a long time. You know, people are complaining right now about how how we're looking like Europe. We're taking, we don't want to look like Europe. Europe is going more socialist. But we've been copying Europe for the past 250 years. That's what we did. We brought the European system to North America. We killed the Indians. We claimed the land. We made a flag. 
and we've been doing the European thing forever. The thing over there now is changing. So I don't see why it's surprising that over here is going to start to change. And mm-hmm. talking about we don't want socialism. How many guys do we know are collecting HUD checks? You know, how many old folks do we know that are waiting to turn 65 till they get their Social Security and their Medicare? Like, we want to pick and choose the social safety net that we want to participate in, but then we want to curse socialism? Yeah, it's horrible. You know, and we confuse socialism, too, with hardcore communism. I mean, obviously, the communism thing didn't work, but that has more to do with we don't even need workers anymore. I mean, the workers that we have, we're not shoving people in factories to to make sausage and to make cars. Most of that's by robots these days. So communism as it existed 60 years ago wouldn't even work today. You just don't have that working class that's being oppressed. So mm-hmm. that's kind of my take on it. It's like I, I think he's saying things that were probably news like 20 years ago. Um, <laughs> but whatever. Yeah. Yeah, in uh, Idaho is a big red state, and then you know, like the alcohol is sold by the government. They got some pimp ass municipal buildings. And you're like, yeah. So what? The state controls the sales or distribution. And they're like, no, that's the that's the state's liquor store. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like really? uh, socialism? Like, no, we hate that. We, we just buy our it. liquor from the state. <laughs> yeah. I did actually really like number nine. Um, you know, educated people a lot of times don't trust their own intelligence. They trust that they've been taught by the authorities to prove by educators. Mm-hmm. You know, there's that social pressure that I'm going to be accepted, whether it's in the that the board table or at the clubhouse or whatever else. Even if I know something's right or different, I'm so slow to say it. If that means I'm going to get cut out of the group, and and it's that's that's really bad when you got people that need to make good decisions based on real data that don't want to say anything because they don't want to get kicked out of the group. Um, and I see that in Facebook. You know, I don't I don't comment on a lot of stuff because I'm in a lot of different groups, and one comment in one group will ostracize me from another group. So I don't even put that stuff out there because when it gets so polarized. Um, I just, I can't say anything. I just don't do it because I don't want to be cut out of my groups. Um, I'm not saying I'm one of the highly educated people that he's talking about, but I, I, I see that where people, I know they know better, but they're just trying to fit in. So they just start parroting things they heard. Um, I mean, yeah, I, let's, go ahead. Well, I for, I for a long time have been kind of confused by the, you know, just the, I guess the juxtaposition, the opposites of like conservatism, you know, not really worried about protecting our lands or putting carbon in the air. Like conservatives are supposed to be worried about taking care of what we're given and and being very responsible with it, where they're like, there's no such thing as global warming. Don't worry about a thing. And then I've been confused, like on the liberal side, where they're supposed to be open to trying new things and doing different stuff. And they're the ones telling me I can't do any of it. I can't cut down trees. I can't. Yeah, so it's like it just seems like we're kind of packaged either a conservative or a liberal thing, and you're supposed to take it all. So say, here it is, here's the package. You don't get to pick and choose what you believe in. You just either gotta be, you know, pro this or anti that. Um and, and we see it, I guess, in business. You know, business owners want to have the ability to go out and make money and do things. And, and everybody does, but but we start talking poo-poo about it depending on what group we're in. You know, these, these corporate earnings, it's like, well, how many of you guys are investing in the stock market? I mean, everybody wants 
those corporations to do well. Um, Anyhow, I think it's easier to just pick a team and just start thinking that we can blend in with the team rather than think for ourselves. I don't know where people started getting led around by the nose string thinking like these are your options. You got to fit into one of these because, I mean, honestly, I don't feel like anybody, like uh, especially many political leanings, I could I could care less, really. Whether somebody considers himself liberal or conservative, I can still be their friend. And just that'd be a separate aside from you as a person. So I just, uh, I don't understand the group think, I guess. And I think that's what you're talking about. Yeah. You know, we're, we're supposed to be, we've, for, for thousands of years, we've been in really small groups, whether it's been like you know, 20 to 50 hunter-gatherers, tribes running around. And when you start mixing with so many people, it gets really, really difficult to know who we are and kind of who to agree with. Because everybody knows that we don't want to see a child starve or get run out of their home. I mean, that's just basic human decency. But when we start overlapping all these other layers of what's right and what's wrong, it gets really, really difficult to do. And I, don't, I personally don't think my mind's capable of absorbing and discerning all these different things. I just can't do it. And so I try to keep it real simple. Uh, friends and family, you know, try to pick up trash. You know, I don't cuss in church, that kind of stuff. But I mean, other than that, I just can't, I can't deal with the whole world's problems. I just can't do it. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a real proponent for me not pursuing a big city. It's like, it feels weird. Yeah. Speaking of big cities, I hear uh, Ken, uh, he's up in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Coeur d'Alene? Ken? Coeur d'Alene. Yeah, Ken. Uh, Lacey? Uh, no, no. Um, oh, McElroy? Yeah, he's he's given a shout out from there like two or three times on his different different media I've heard him on. There's this one super elitist place that's not far from there, a little more into the state, it's called. I'll think of it in a minute, but yeah, it's it's great. I think they kind of had a heat wave, but it still probably don't have the humidity. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. For sure. All right, do we get the most out of that? The smartest people in the room are lacking in a basic requisite for practical wisdom. They're unwilling to listen to or consider alternative. Is that 20 years ago? Uh, no, that's that's me. I got to be real careful about that. You know, seeking out bias confirmation, trying to find things that go with what I already think are, are true. Um, and it's hard to do. You know, the ego screams out against that. So. All right. Next topic. You want to pick a topic? Three unusual tactics for becoming wealthy when you retire. That was pretty this- lame. This is <laughs> this is a uh, this is pretty clickbaity stuff from yeah. not subscribing to any of these. Like match, put your money in a four hundred one k, buy a house, <laughs> <laughs> save serious? your money. That's that totally unconventional. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, well, is this one big change? Big change. Oh, yeah, I guess this was a little bit interesting. Present, tap. 
Big change, big change. The tide is turning. The rush of the buyers into the housing market during the pandemic absolutely crushed the inventory. Number of homes on the market uh, with that figure falling for 12 consecutive months. What? During the pandemic, crushed housing inventory. Right. The number of housing homes, uh, houses on the market fell for 12 months. And by April, it was down 53% from a year earlier. However, the trajectory has flipped. Two straight months, the number of homes has gone up. Uh, then about 3% in May, 9 in June. That's not all. New home sales are falling. Their pace in June is the slowest since the onset of the pandemic. Every indication is the home market is shifting in a bit in the buyer's favor. Uh, uh, sh shoppers are finally showing some reluctance to pay hot dollars, too high. Uh, hesitation was expected. However, home prices can't continue to grow at a 70% year-over-year rate indefinitely. Can only stretch so far. Uh, the pace of real estate might slow as the last of the stimmies uh, begin to lapse. Foreclosure moratorium uh, came to an end. And next up is going to be forbearance, which allows borrowers to pause their payments, lapses on September 30th, which still protects 1.75 million borrowers or 3.5% of U.S. mortgages. Um, it doesn't mean that the home price will fall. Uh, CoreLogic forecasts home price will climb another 3% by June 22. It's important to note that many homes are still selling almost as quickly as they hit the market, but they're not seeing the uh, massive bidding wars, I guess. Uh, that reason CoreLogic thinks prices can go higher boils down to demographics because uh, right now there's a new crowd hitting their 30s when people start, you know, buying a house. And that's something that home builders haven't been preparing for during the 2010s. Uh, home building tanked as builders struggled with their scars of 08 and uh, the subsequent foreclosure, not to mention the housing market is still benefiting from that perfect storm uh, recession induced low mortgage rates with uh, remote workers who are willing to uproot to, uh, to in pursuit of affordable real estate. What do you got to say? Well, I think it's maybe. I don't think it's going to get any better for buyers. I think it's going to get worse for buyers. Um, I think that these price increases that we're seeing in lumber, that we're seeing in labor, are going to have to show up somewhere. It's just mm -hmm. not going to go away. It's not going to be, oh, it's there's less listings, there's more inventory, maybe prices are going to... Um, are going to come down. It's going to make it easier for for a for a first time home buyer to get into a house. I don't see that happening. I I see more you know uh, two generation, three generation homes popping up. People living together. I think people are going to start living in smaller houses. Um, I think housing has changed drastically over the pandemic, and it's not going to go back to a a rosy, uh, you know, put put three percent down. First time home buyer is going to get a nice house. It just I don't think that's ever going to happen again. You know, we we still haven't gotten over our housing shortage from 2010. People just weren't building. They just weren't doing it. And they're saying, you know, when these foreclosures pop back on that have been deferred or delayed, you know, 1.7 million are possibly going to hit the block. I mean, in you know, 2010, we had we had double that. You know, and, and 
we had double that. Right now we have the potential to have half of that. It doesn't even doesn't even come close. You know, the mm-hmm. potential to have half versus the reality of the whole is not even the same thing. Plus the new crowd coming in might just make whatever's gonna hit the hit the block and have moot. Yeah, I mean the thing in the houses that are popping up right now are going. You know, back then nobody could buy, so it was only very bold investors were actually buying them up. Whereas mm-hmm. right now, I mean, if anything even looks reasonable, they're getting snatched up. I think, you know, will it ever look good again for uh, for newbies getting in the market? I don't think so. I think house prices are going to go way up. And I wonder where the standard is that we get. Why do we think housing should be affordable? I mean, if you look at other parts yeah. of the world, you know, where do we get that from? Right. I mean, go over to Ireland, hang out there and talk to those guys what they're paying for houses. Visit France and see what they're paying. They pass houses down from generation to generation because when you finally have one, you've got something. Right. And so I think we've been spoiled, um, and it might not ever go back to that. Wow. Yeah, man, the Japanese, don't they live in tubes sometimes? Like yeah. Just scoot themselves into their tube for the night? Tiny stuff, man, tiny. Um, I can go to Mexico. Yeah, I mean, we we li- we do live well here. You know, I mean, I've seen some rough parts of Mexico. You don't want to live there, and some of the nice parts look just like Seattle or San Francisco. I mean, there's some great some great stuff. But um, this idea that you know the American dream, you can get a a nice house in a quiet neighborhood with a good good school district and only pay a third of your income to get it. I mean, right. who came up with that? You know, why must it fit in that box? I don't know if it will. Well, this lady packed her bags in 06 and went to Santa uh, from Santa Cruz to Mazatlan and living there 15 years and she pays uh 420 is that a is that uh for 1100 square feet I think Mazatlan is kind of popular gringos but I don't know it, it's just a, a derivative of people seeking affordability and quality of life yeah she's 124 steps from the beach dave she rarely has to look over her shoulder for cartel members <laughs> unless i need unless I'm, <laughs> unless I'm out and i've got a score <laughs> <laughs> i know people that go down there in a wreck and got a they have a condo there uh, in Mexico City. Yeah. That's their jam. So I, maybe everybody knows, but I've got friends that are that, that are from Mexico. And I'm like, uh, I'm like, yeah, man, I heard it's safe. And I'm like, well, yeah, it's safe. You're a gringo. <laughs> They're like, they, they don't want to touch. They don't want the attention. And they know where the economic driver of American dollars come from. Yeah. So gringos have a false sense of what the realities are, I think. Yeah. Meanwhile, the people from there are like, fuck that. I'm never going back. Yeah. So I wonder how many places like that around the world. I mean, who knows? Who knows? Uh, Let's see. I was wanting to get to something. I I guess we're past 30 minute mark, but, what else? What else? What was that? Oh, yeah. Back to this. So I went a little deeper down into 
Let me share that. You want to talk about your LLCs or my, you want to talk about LLCs for a minute? Yeah. So, yeah, and I came across something which kind of made me think about your structure of your S-Corp to become bankable, right? Mm -hmm. So the possibility exists for you to get S-Corp status for your LLC and and solve that issue of uh, receiving a um, receiving a reasonable salary that you pay the self-employment taxes and Medicare, Medicaid that you pay that from. So you, you guys started a corporation with a subchapter S designation, right? Mm -hmm. On the advice of your accountant. Yep. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a few different wrinkles, but um, way back when we were talking about partnership and I did that big example, um, General partners are equally liable for the debts unless you're a limited partner because Uncle Charlie was he he did he wanted to lend the money and he they outlined their ownership with a partner. So where was it? Yeah, Uncle Charlie he didn't want to be a general member, he wanted to be a limited partner and the taxation just flowed through that that uh partnership. And then a corporation, you limit the roles with your stockholder agreement and you have stockholders inside of the corporation. Is that what you guys have? You guys are stockholders within your within your corporation? Uh, I don't I don't know that we're necessarily stockholders. I think we're just a, a, a double member LLC that elected. For the subchapter FS designation. Right. Yes, yeah, so I don't I mean, we don't have an operating agreement that 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 names us as stockholders. Um, but I guess in a court of law or I guess you could probably say we are. But I mean, we don't have stock certificates or, you know, it's just she and I own the company 50 50. You you elected. It's funny to use that word. You elected to get the subchapter S designation on your LLC or you open up. Yeah, that's the that seems like the correct thing to do, unless yeah. more ease of use, because that's exactly why people use LLCs and not a corporation and elect to get that um, to the elect to get that designation. Yes. So uh, some what I thought was important, and, and honestly, I didn't really know a, some of it was um, was the fact that you need to have, um, let's see, let me stop this. I'm presenting. I want to present on this. Tab. Yeah, this. So it's called single member versus multi-member LLCs, but um, considerations when you're deciding between single and multi-member is, uh, you know, full control versus uh, two or more owners that share control. The LLC is its own legal entity. <clears throat> and uh, we're, we're, okay, yeah, so what was, so 
the LLC was a hybrid to be taxed like a like a partnership. In other words, just have that income or revenue flow through, and it just hits your it hits your tax return without that, and and to avoid. So here's what's important is this setting up a bank account is integral and having that bank account funded is an integral part to not not having somebody pierce the corporate veil if you will are you were you aware of that uh, I, I didn't i didn't necessarily know that it added a layer oh i'm glad to hear that it did i mean because we we definitely got to have a bank account and do business Right, but that is an integral part of it, is to have a bank account. Where to put that? Uh, open a business bank account. Set up a dedicated bank account for the LLC is a crucial step to ensure that the business maintains the corporate veil that helps shield LLC members' personal assets from the liability of, of companies. Mm-hmm. And a main way that, that attorneys pierce the corporate veil is whenever they find somebody co um, Commingling money, as right? A, like step one, yeah. On doing that, so uh, yeah. It just it seems like it seems like that the LSC is is a multi-purpose, a robust, robust entity for holding title and i don't know if i've heard anybody poo-poo it other than the people that don't like being on public record do you got any firsthand reasons not to do it that way i know i know some guys just like like to play attorney i know some guys that know more about the law than i do and they don't have any problem drafting joint venture agreements and trust agreements and doing that um and I guess they get to author whatever they whatever they think benefits them, right? I, so I don't. I, I know I don't like to write that stuff. I normally copy and and see what other people have done to figure out if it would work for me. But um, I guess it really depends on who you're doing business with. You know, some people might be okay with you just drafting a, a joint venture agreement and a trust agreement, saying, "Yeah, just sign here and give me a check. Let's go for it." Um, I don't think it's bad, you know. So um, tomorrow's when you hit when you start loading up the the air, new Airbnb. Covered everything I, I wanted to. I just wanted to be more a little bit more formatted and try to give some interesting discussion. Yeah, yeah, cool. You want to say anything about? You want me to? cover any one thing on the subsequent ones no that was good man that was good good talking well thanks for your time and all right thank you for joining us on that latest uh latest episode of the wide world of real estate um we've got a sister episode on youtube if you want to see some of the graphics and let's see if i can post some of the graphics in pdf form on our website well actually in the link in the and the link on the YouTube channel. I'll put I'll put our graphics up there in a PDF form if you'd like to take a look at it. All right, thanks so much. Uh, follow us if you think we are worthwhile. 
Uh, thank you so much.